Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leadership Podcast with Pete Scazzaro. Pete is also the best-selling author of The Emotionally Healthy Church, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and The Daily Office Devotion. Thanks for tuning in to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. My name is Rich Velotis. I'm the lead pastor at New Life Fellowship in Queens. I'm with Pete Scazzaro again. Pete is the founder and teaching pastor and pastor at large at New Life Fellowship here in Queens. And we're also with Jerry Scazzaro. Jerry has been leading a marriage ministry for 17 years. She's equipped leader. She's been a, a master teacher and trainer for us over these years. And she's also the author of The Emotionally Healthy Woman. And so today we're going to talk about a significant issue as it pertains to emotionally healthy spirituality and the way we live in our world uh, as it pertains to powers and principalities. So today's podcast is about EHS, powers and principalities. Seems like a pretty large uh, task here, Pete uh, and Jerry, that we're going to dive into it. But let's just uh, define, let's t- t- define some terms here, Pete. We talk about, Paul talks about in Ephesians 6, principalities and powers. And we've seen in EHS over the years, there's almost a clash. When EHS comes into a space, a person's life, a church, there's almost a clash on another level uh, beyond what we're seeing. So why don't you just walk us through first the language of principalities and powers, and then we're going to talk about a couple of areas of EHS as it relates to that. That's great. So so I've been thinking about this for a while, observing it, and trying to get a handle on it. So again, our title of this podcast is EHS and Powers and Principalities. So Paul notes that behind human affairs, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, behind institutions like the church or educational system or political system, there are powers and principalities that, that, that seek to cut people off from Jesus and uh, destroy relationships and, and basically bring hell on earth. Uh, and we are in the position of, in the name of Christ, uh, serving him and building the church. But there are things going on invisibly in the heavenly realms that we don't fully grasp or understand. But we are involved in a, a major spiritual warfare in the church. So as I've been observing in EHS, I'm, and again, I'm in the beginning stages, I said, what is it about some of the distinctives of EHS that seem to release something in the heavens that a change happens in the environment, in people's lives, that I, I, I watch and say, what is happening here? And I realize we are coming up against powers and principalities. And when EHS gets into a person, and more specifically, into a leadership and into an entire church, something gets broken, something happens, and people are freed. So that's the context of which I'm, I'm referring to. It's what are the distinctives that seem to be a clash with those powers? So EHS is multi-layered, so many different components to it, so many different facets to it. We're going to touch on a couple of them today in, in Sabbath and Genogram. Uh, but so, Jerry, in terms of just the principalities and powers, as you've seen in your own life, as you've seen as you've been leading churches and teaching what is it about some of these components? Let's start with Sabbath. So what is it about the Sabbath that is a clash with principalities, power, something behind the scenes of our world uh, that's taking place? What, what have you seen? Yeah. So, you know, for me, when I think about powers and principalities, I think of the word untruth and deceit. I think of twistedness. And so... Uh, Whenever there's something like, for example, Sabbath, uh, there's going to be a power of principalities that's going to try and twist or distort God's original intentions. Because mm. Satan is a father of lies. And so um, I find, I found, I mean, I certainly used to have great difficulty in uh, 
even in experiencing a Sabbath because I believed, I had twisted thinking that the more I did, the more spiritual I was. And, um, and, and that's just, that is not true. That is twisted thinking that we're not human doings. We are human beings and we are created for rest mm. and delight, and which is really what Sabbath is all about. And I am actually missing powerful experiences with God and who he is when I don't rest. Mm. And you talk about your just what rest as revelation. Expand that a little bit. Yeah. I you know I I, I realize that people have a difficult time embracing Sabbath because or not seeing it as necessary because it's almost like they separated from God. Hmm. They'll experience the power of God in worship. They'll experience the power of God. They know God can come through scripture. They know God can come through laying on of hands or evangelism. I'm saying to you, the power of God comes through rest. Hmm. There is a, there is a, there is a significant meeting of God because in rest, I am now being able to be present with myself and with God in a way that I cannot be without rest. Mm. I become pr- alive to my senses. I'm becoming more awestruck, more wonderstruck. I'm not just talking about the miraculous. I'm experiencing the miraculous. I'm seeing the miraculous in everything because I'm so much more observant and alive on the Sabbath. Mm. And so... And then I can be better loving the other six days. I can be, um, I can, I can really truly talk about the power of God the other six days because I've experienced it. I'm, I'm experiencing the miraculous in the rest. Mm. When I see things. I think Jesus, Jesus was seeing birds. He was seeing flowers. He was experiencing awe and wonder. And I think that revelation of God for him in rest is what made him part of what made him so powerful. Mm. So it seems as if the principalities and powers, it seems as if the intent of the powers of the world is to dehumanize. Uh, we're not, you mentioned that we're not human beings anymore or human doings. So Sabbath, it seems, is a restoration of a, a reordering of what the principalities and powers have deformed in us. Pete, you want to speak to that at all? Just a, a restoration of yeah. how God has originally made us to be. Well, again, God made us for a rhythm. And it's interesting, even with social, stopping from social media for a 24-hour period each week. And we talked about in a previous podcast about how Pharaoh, uh, the, Egypt, the Israelites for 400 years were under Pharaoh, who represented demonic powers and principalities. Work, work, work for 400 years, no day off. God comes in and says, no, you were created for a rhythm and that rhythm includes a Sabbath, six days work, one day you Sabbath, and then you rest. And there is, as you said, there's a revelation that comes in that. There, there's so much happening. It's so prophetic and countercultural because we're, we're allowed to be human. We're allowed to be loved. We're not simply doing. Uh, we're being used. Yeah, we're not being used by God. We're not trying to climb up a ladder. Mm. Uh, we're actually disconnecting prophetically from the world in order to connect. God and connect with ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Why the rabbis say, um, when I keep the Sabbath, then I'm able to keep all the other commandments. Mm. There is something so significant in rest that enables me to be a more fully human person, um, 
being, loving, um, awestruck, wonder, etc. So we landed at New Life Fellowship. Uh, I remember a staff meeting, I don't know how many years ago, Richard, you were in the room, I think, that if we had one thing to help people to break through and slowing down, it was Sabbath. Hmm. And we have found it to be true with pastors around the world that we can talk about silence and offices and all rules of life. But really, if we want to get people to be somehow delivered from the culture, we start with Sabbath. Mm. Yeah. And it's, again, it's almost like prophetic. It's like something happens in the heavenly. If people can engage in practicing Sabbath delight, and it's almost a mystery that their whole life opens up in terms of revelation. Well, I mean, when we were with a pastor, one of the pastors in Brazil, he's got incredible work going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the poor, poorest oh, of the poor. Mm. So they've got... The poorest of the poor, then they've got the poor, and they've sort of got the middle income, and then they've got the top. And he's doing to the poorest of the poor. And it's hard to stop that. When, but I, I, I believe that the best thing that he can do of the feeding of the poor is that he rests. Mm. He needs to rest just as much for them as he does yes. for himself because God wants to come to the poorest of the poor through his rest. But God can't come to him if he doesn't rest mm-hmm. and be still and and look at life beyond just the just the even the narrow lens of a ministry. There's so much more to God than that. So I mean this is I mean at the core of it, there's a demonic stronghold uh, that is hard to I mean uh, articulate. But in terms of breaking these powers now, I mean, we've talked about it uh, on different levels, and you can read about it more on Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, one of the chapters on Sabbath-keeping. But how do we get to a point, Pete and Jerry, where we're breaking the powers over us, uh, pastors, leaders, people who are hearing this that have never heard of a Sabbath? What can we begin to do to get that kind of freedom? The principalities and powers want to enslave us, dehumanize us. Jesus wants to set us free. How do we get to that place? And, and you answered, let me answer one thing before you. This is a very good question. It's a great question. But I think a motivation for pastors and leaders, it's so difficult to stop and say Sabbath to the Lord our God. But to see it, I wish I'd understood this many, many years ago, that the most loving thing I could do for our church is to Sabbath rest. That That is going to set my people free. So you may have a board that's against it. You're being lazy. Folks who are judging you. But actually, this is a this is breaking the powers of the entire church and freeing the church. So that this Sabbath is not just for you. It's for your people. Hmm. It's actually for those who don't even know Christ, for your community. You're, you're releasing something in the heavenly realms that you don't belong to the world, the culture, or, or, the, or Pharaoh. You belong to God. And as pastors and leaders, we must break through first. If we do not, the church doesn't have a prayer. Stand a chance. I think, and there's another power and principality that keeps uh, leaders from Sabbathing, and that's the power and principality that makes them think they have more control than they do. Mm. And so, when the first step to Sabbathing is saying, This is a step of faith and courage that I'm going to stop, and I which means I, I don't control everything, and I'm actually going to let God run the world for 24 hours without me. Hmm. And so there's a real, it really brings to light what you believe about the gospel as a leader. Do I really believe that my productivity 
you know, doesn't determine my self-worth or that, you know, people's destiny is really dependent on me, maybe to an extent. But um, I need to stop for my own sake to demonstrate that I truly believe that God is who he says he is and that he says that I am who I am, not based on my productivity. Mm, mm. Yeah. And I get that revelation gets deeper into you as you as you because you only can understand Sabbath from the inside. You have to do it to actually grasp it. That's and true. so these truths get deeper in you, which totally transforms the way you lead people because you're inviting them to let go and control, yeah. whether it's with their money, whether it's their time and their relationships. So to answer Rich's question, we didn't answer your question, Rich. So. Yeah. <laughs> like the, my, my first step is you've got to stop and let God be God. Mm-hmm. Let yes. go of the control. So I, I think I'd recommend for folks in the podcast, um, there's some free sermons you can listen to. Uh, on Sabbath at emotionalthe.org at other sermons, and you can download it for free. And and actually, and I hope it's there on the website. We had a, a new life. We once did a seven week initiative Lent in 2010. We developed a number of resources, frequently asked questions, and that can be found also on the website at uh, at EHS. So I, I would look for that, and um, that to be a big help to help you help you get started. But again, to encourage you who haven't done this yet, it, it's a lot of trial and error over. Mm-hmm. Give yourself three, six months, uh, because you got to figure out what works for you to stop, rest, delight, contemplate God. Well, here is a, a significant component of EHS, uh, out of which much of the rest of the components and flow from Sabbath, rest. And so if you want more information, as Pete talked about, you can go on our website, emotionallyhealthy.org. You can also check out Pete's blog at petescazero.com. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you next time.